Now, Kim helped me discover that we have an issue with my Bible program. So on my phone and on my tablet, I have eSword or MySword. Actually, MySword. And at home, I have eSword. And then you guys have Word Search. Most of you have Word Search on your computers. And so I'm looking in some of the sections of the Scripture, and it has the little number by the word, all right? And it's great, but it doesn't have it by all the words in my MySword. Yeah, that's what we use on Android. At least that's what I use on my Android. And then and in eSword, it does have it. And in Word Search, it doesn't have it. So if you have a Bible program, please bust it out and help keep me honest. <laughs> I'll give you a specific place to look. What, what, what do you have? You have my sword. All right. What about you, Adrian? You don't have that because you have an... And, you have... Okay. When we get to a certain place, I'll ask you all to pull that up, and you tell me if it says not, or if it... Like if there's a letter, a number next to the word not, or oh. it's really weird because it really changes the whole thing. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Oh, look. Here he comes because I need his, he has that kind of discerning eye. So we're going to talk about that. So we're talking about eyes opened. And I'm glad. Pastor Larry has arrived, but he's going to go get coffee now, aren't you? No. All right. Clipboard. So, um, I don't know how I got here. Uh, yeah, yesterday I was in prayer. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anyway, I was already thinking along these lines about uh, our seeing capacity, being able to see, and, and about what's really going on instead of what everybody likes to paint for us, right? And so... I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about, you know, we talk about, oh, well, not we. I look at stuff, and I see stuff one way because I'm Annette, and this is how I was raised, and this is how God made me. So when I see something, it's, it's how Annette sees it. But then you guys see things the way that you see them. Now, really, overall, if I say the carpet's green, most of you would look down at the carpet and go, yeah, pretty much it's green, Right? What would you say the color is? I'm being serious about this now. Why are you not using the microphone? <laughs> I would say it's a blue-green. It's got a lot more blue in it than it does green. What? Okay. Chicken. You're not using the microphone. Say, until Mom pointed it out, I probably would have just said it's green, but I guess it is more of a blue-green color. It's not like it's Kelly green. <laughs> okay. So now, look up at our scripture on the wall. What did she say, teal? Teal. Okay. Look at her scripture on the wall. It's not green. If I sit on you, would that... No. Look at the scripture on the wall. Now, this is funny because if people listen to the recording, they're going to like, what? All right, so what, what takes your eyes and focuses? Does it, do you focus on what the scripture is actually saying? Are you looking at the contrast between the yellow, the white, the orange? And I don't even know if there's white in there. 
Um, are you, what, what is it that, uh, uh, that just grabs your attention? Did you, is there something that your, your, your eyes focus on? Larry, what do you focus on when you see that? I focus on the shading. The shading, okay. Anybody else care to comment? Or I've never really studied it that hard. Gail, I mean Carmen. What do you see, Gail? Nothing? I see the meat in the message. Okay. I don't see letters. That's cool. That's cool. So what I'm trying to say is just in the natural, the way that we view things is different amongst each of us. Again, we could probably all agree that, the well, I'm not even sure about that. The color of the walls is white. It's not really, but I, I don't know. You see, there's certain things we might be able to focus on. But the Lord made each of us different, for starters, about what we see when we use our eyes in the natural. And it's the same way when we see, obviously, in the spiritual, we see things differently. Or even when we're interpreting what Scripture says, we see things a little different. So, oh, that's Jim and Abby. So, we're going to talk about three, I just have three scriptures, there's a whole bunch more that talk about how our eyes are opened. And we've talked a lot about what eyes represent, what it really, really, what it really, really means, what it, what it means. And we understand that in scripture, when you see eyes, you can take it from the literal sense, it's just what you see with your eyes. Right? And the older we get, the harder it gets to see with our eyes. Raise your hand if you're experiencing that now. Thank you, Robin. Nobody else is raising their hands. just you and me. Chemo oh, chemo does it too. You have touch money. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's terrible to get older. So why does that happen? Because we get older, right? Our eyes don't focus as well. Got those muscles. We're actually going to look at that when we... We're going to actually look at that in a few minutes, too, about how that, how that can happen. Um, from, a, from a mental standpoint, we have a, the way that we see things. Okay, So I see green, but mentally, if I've painted with a color or seen a color, I'm like, oh, no, that's more blue-green, or that's more... And it changes what we see. There's things that influence the way you see. And so, and then from a spiritual standpoint, again, all of this applies. So, hmm. and also the definition of eye also talks about being a spring or a fountain. So, are we all together now? Amen. Gail's with me. Vicky's got a perplexed look on her face. You're just waiting. Okay, so we're going to look at a, a story in 2 Kings with Elisha, who's a cool dude. And things that happened that I vaguely remember, and then when I looked at it again, I'm like, wow, I need to remember this. And so it starts in 2 King chapter 6. It's verses 8 through 23, but I didn't mean to put all of those in there, so I'll stop when I really meant to stop. <laughs> so it says, Then the king of Syria warred against, warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, in such and such a place shall be my camp. I love the way that they say this because he's just trying to say the exact location is not the important part. Verse 9, And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, 
for thither the Syrians are come down, are come down, sorry. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, the king said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, <laughs> a host compassed the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, and this is Elisha now, which it's been in, anyways, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Interesting way they ask. I love King James. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open the eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite the people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass, when they were coming to Samaria, that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men, that they may see, and the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And that's really all I meant to put in there. I put the rest of I know, and the king of Israel was like, what? Say, what, what? Where'd they come? Anyways, it goes on, but the, the interest, well, there's all kinds of interesting stuff in here, right? I've, I remember hearing the first part of this scripture about the chariots of fire being round about. And, and Elisha could clearly see them, but his servant could not. Right, so there's this this there's this uh sort of little war going on, a little strategy happening here. The enemy in the bedchambers of a king was saying, "We're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we're going to do it here, and we're going to kill them all." Now, whatever the strategy was, we don't know the exact thing. Now, did Elisha was Elisha there? Was he in prayer and he was sitting there maybe? How did he know? Obviously, the Lord revealed it to him. However, he revealed it to him. We, it doesn't say, right? So we know that, but know that Elisha found out a strategy of the enemy of Israel, which at this time was Syria. So he was able to warn the king, hey, this is what's going on. And the king said, oh, hey, I'm going to send some people to see. Oh, yep, you're right. We're not going there. And, the, and, you know, Israel did not go that way. So they, in effect, the nation of Israel was saved in, in, 
not in effect, it actually was, the nation of Israel was saved. And so the king of Syria was, mm, who's doing this? He thought he had a traitor in his midst, and it really wasn't a traitor, it was God. I can't say it was Elisha, because if God didn't show Elisha, Elisha wouldn't have known anything better. But God was the traitor to the enemy's strategy to cause the death and destruction of Israel. And so, so glad Elisha listened. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had a message from the Lord about an enemy strategy, about uh, these armies are going to be waiting for you in ambush and, and wipe out your army, and I'm not in the army, I'm just a nice little prophet person, <laughs> I would be like weird to receive that kind of word. It would be odd. What's God doing today that he's revealing things to us that we may think is too odd to write down, follow through, listen to, study at, that are showing the strategies of the enemy? That's a good question. Anybody got insight in that for themselves? Has the Lord given you a word recently or showed you something and you haven't quite fathomed it? It might be too much to fathom. You know, okay, I'm just going to set this over here. I don't know. Or, you know, have you paid attention? Are you obedient to what he is revealing and showing to you? And so I think, you know, along with all the things that we've been talking about and this, the end times or however you want to call it, we've got, what, uh, two months left of this year? Barely. Does anybody else think this is insane that we're two months, the, the rest of this year, and we're done? I think it's crazy. And, and still we're dealing with stuff that we don't even want to talk about anymore. And there it is. You know, what is God, what is God showing you? And when I say show, maybe it's a vision. We can talk about visions um, because, I mean, they're, they're a part of our, they should be a part of our everyday life. In prayer, God gives us visions. Sometimes he gives us visions when we're, when we're at, at home and we're washing dishes. Sometimes you see things. While you're doing like a little video going on in front of your eyes. Anyway, it could be visions that he's showing to you, but it could also be that he gives you a word and you write it down and he opens your eyes to see what's really happening. In this case, Elisha was dealing with a group of people that, that were against him, but he was also dealing with a servant that was with him and for him. Right? So first he tells the, 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 he prays the Lord and says, open the eyes of my servant. I don't know about you all, but I want that capacity. I want to be able to say, Lord, open the eyes of fill in the blank, a person, a city, to see what, what you're doing. When you look at the, the definition of the words, and, and I don't think I put them all on your sheet because I've kind of ran out of time, but if you look, the, this word open, that is in, sorry, the word open that's in 17 and in 20, this word is, I want to make sure I get it right, oh, pakak, pakaw, <laughs> maybe it is pakaw, um, and that word means to open the senses especially the eyes, and it means to be observant. 
So, you know, we, we say that in certain places. When you're walking through the forest, keep your eyes open. Stay, stay alert. You know, anything can run across the path, a snake especially. One of the things I always say before I walk out a door when I'm at the Kennedy Space Center, because there's so much wildlife, I'm always, stay alert, watch that first step. Look around before you take that step, because I, I have more than one time. Okay, don't mean to go that way. I'm going, because there's something crawling, slithering. Anyway, so when you, when you use that, that definition, to open the sense, especially the eyes to be observant. So it could be even in this sense, because I was looking at this word, and I'm like, okay, this open could be a broadening of your senses so that you are no longer bound by restrictions that you've put on yourself. For instance, that can't be. You've seen things, you're like, that can't be, except there it is. In the natural, this is why it's important about what you see. In the natural, you can broaden your senses in a in a in a good sense and in a bad sense. In a good sense. Oh, let's go over here. I've never been to this side of the state and watch the sun rise. Sunset. Go to the mountaintop and look all the way. I mean, there's those kinds of opening your eyes, opening that, those senses of your eyes to see things in a different way is it's pretty nifty, but you also can open your eyes and sense it, the, the eyes and what you see and broadening that vision by looking at the wrong things. Some of you understand this. I, as a teacher seer, unfortunately, or fortunately, I understand. Things that I've seen, I can't unsee. Have you guys say that? We say that. I can't unsee what I just saw, can I? No, you sure can. So then that, all of these things can influence how you see things today, tomorrow, and next week. And so the Father is honing our senses. I, I mean, I think we guys, we already know that. But he's honing our senses to, and opening our sight to see what he is doing in ways that we, we, may not, we may not understand. There's places that I've thought I knew exactly what God was saying to do. I read scripture and said, that's what the scripture says. That's what's real. And, and, I'm, and I'm not going to deviate from that. And so I don't deviate that from that. And then something happens, and I'm looking at the scripture, and I'm looking at something that happens, and I'm like, it says it right here. And then he opens my eyes to say, look at the context here. Look at the context here, and please tell me what you now see. I don't know if that's ever happened to you guys. I have several incidences where I can say, this is what I believed wholeheartedly and wasn't going to deviate from it. And then this is what the Lord showed me, and I realized I was looking at it here, but down here was the real meaning behind what he was saying, behind what the scripture says. And that's what's going on now. And you can hear it like when you listen to Pastor Ron's teaching or, you know, Mark Burke's teaching, any of the teachings that are coming out of Dallas for sure, and the things that the Lord is showing to us, it's here. But then we know God's going, it's right here. You think you see what I'm saying. Even if it's black and white or whatever color, red, if it's Jesus talking, you think you see, but guess what? There's this behind that. And, and this is where 
you have to be ready to continue to move and grow in that fact. And there's no way when I first became a believer that I thought that the scripture would be more than it is. And today it's way more than it is. You know, you look at things, you just think there's the Ten Commandments. Boom, 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 boom. Known those Ten Commandments forever, right? But then I know the Ten Commandments. Oh, and now I'm like, wow, I really know the Ten Commandments more. I get what it's saying. And it's like, I just, I never thought of it that way. You just, just don't see that. I know Pastor Ron said that about his teaching when it come, comes to the word Sarah to her name and then all the derivatives and how it gets back and forth. And he's like, I've just never seen that. I love that. I love that. And I really believe the Lord is doing that in a greater way in all of us that we need to see. Were you going to say something? Okay. So back to Elisha, who had this great, awesome anointing that I declare over all of you that when the capacity to see needs to be invoked upon a person or even a city, that your declarative words will make that occur. Because that's going to happen. And it's going to happen even here when we're in prayer. We have, you know, all these travel restrictions that make it difficult to go places. But we know in the spirit we can go anywhere in the world, wherever God needs us to go. And he's going to need us to stand in that place, in the spirit, and say, Lord, open the eyes that they may ra'ah. That word saw in there is ra'ah. Open their eyes that they may ra'ah. Because so many times people see, all they see is the raw. They don't see the tobe. They just see the raw. And we need people to see the tobe. <laughs> but the ra'ah gives them that capacity. That ra'ah capacity is to discern good versus evil. And so I thought it was so very interesting. We talk about, um, you know, there's like this great delusion that's occurring over people where they're not able to really see what's going on. They have like even evidence. Here's a video. And they show the video and people go, yeah, yeah, but. And they, they won't even look at it correctly because they're so entrenched in the raw that they're, they can't see anything different. And that's what happened to the king of Syria's troops when they came in and, and they came down because they knew they had, we got Elisha, we got him now, we got him cornered, we're going to take him back and the king's going to kill him and we're going to be able to wipe out the nation of Israel and we're good. Their focus was we go and grab the bad, the bad guy to them, Elisha, the bad guy, and we're done. But when they got down there, all Elisha had to say was, oh, well, you guys aren't in the right place. Let me take you to him. I look at that. Is he lying? No, he was with them. He took them. They were with him. He was took them. They were all together. And then they eyes were open when they got there. He made that declaration, and they're in the middle of a place they do not want to be. They are captured. They are absolutely, it's like an ambush of a different kind. No blood was shed, from what I can read. And there they are in the midst of Samaria where the king of Israel is located. And the king's like, what's going on? Now imagine that coming into your city. Here comes the enemy just walking behind Elisha. And you know Elisha's not a warrior. He's just that prophet dude. Elisha, big army. They just walk in. If I'm the king and I see that, I am freaking out. 
I, I would be. I'd be like, call the, call the group, surround them, da, da, da. And, and, you know, Elisha's like, okay, Lord, open their eyes. Once the enemy saw that they were in the middle of the camp of their enemy, they're in the middle of, of the nation of Israel, so to speak, they were like, done. I, I don't think, I don't even, it doesn't say they lifted a sword, but they were blinded. They did not see what was happening to them. I, I personally, from a warrior standpoint, I like that kind of war. Go. I think about stuff like that, and I think, why? You know, God was, when he set up ambushments and did all sorts of different things to the enemy, why wouldn't those type of things, they remembered them, mm-hmm. the, the people, the Philistines, the Moabites, whoever it was, the Hittites, they remembered these things because, like, when David was at AI and had to put on that, he had to halal and put on that mad spectacle. Mm-hmm. It was because they remembered what he'd done to Goliath. Oh, that was Gath. Yeah, Not, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And they remember <laughs> they were because that had been their champion. So they remembered that had been done, and they rem, you know. But why didn't they pass these things down and go? We don't want to mess with anybody that's got anything to do with that God of Israel. It you did. When you did, think, yeah, it didn't. It didn't always happen. Sometimes they remembered. We're not going to mess with them. You would think that would be pretty monumental that it would kind of go down in because it was such a beyond the normal beyond the natural Mm -hmm. you know it was a supernatural thing that's because we believe in that stuff we believe in that stuff those people probably don't or didn't you know and the blindness that came on them was sudden go ahead was probably along the same lines as as the pharisees who would watch a miracle occur and then say ah he healed that guy what are we going to do? The people are on his side. we got to do something to get rid of that guy. Yeah, instead of celebrating that the guy was healed? Exactly. That's, I mean, it just, I don't want this either. I mean, there's, I'm sure we could ask the Lord and he'll give us more information about that. But really, the capacity is they won't, they won't see. They won't see for themselves. They won't really take that step back. You know, it's like when you look at the carpet and I said it was green, you said it was blue-green. When you say that, I look at it again and go, I guess it does have a blue in it, just like Adrian. I was like, it does have a little blue. you got to be willing to see. Go. Well, and I was just thinking, you, know, you think about blinders being taken from the eyes, and I don't know why. In the past, I've always just assumed something totally you know, covering the eye, and it's like, well, no, but a blinder is used to narrow your vision. It's usually on the side of your eyes so that you can only see one thing so that it doesn't matter what else is before you. You're not seeing that because you've got that blinder that keeps you focused on that one area, whether in this case, obviously on the raw. And so, you know, just that idea of when scripture talks about and the blind, you know, the skills removed or the blinders, you know, being that they have blinds on their eyes and they can't see that it's just that focus. Their focus is not on what the Father's doing. It's not expanded. It's just directly what's in front of them. Mm-hmm. And that's been part of the warning that the Father's been giving us too. Don't focus in on, on the darkness. Don't focus in on the results of the darkness all around you. Yeah, I already told you that's going to happen, so expect it. But just keep your focus on who you are, who you created to be, what you're created to do, and join me. Right. And the enemy obviously wants us to focus on yeah, stuff and not on the Lord. And that, that's, that's a, an absolutely important thing that we remember. We must focus on what God is doing and not on what the enemy is doing. And here's the hard, hard part for, for a lot of people. 
we look at certain things that look like strength, that look like uh, all the odds are on this side. Like the servant, when he walked out and saw all the chariots surrounding them, he saw that. That was a hopeless place to be. That's what he's like, what are we going to do now? He asked it in a weird way. But he's looking at Elisha, what are we going to do now? They're not here for, they're here for you and me. Well, they're here for you, master. What are we going to do now? It was, yeah, um, excuse me. It was a hopeless, and in, in the natural, it's a hopeless situation. That's where the enemy wants us to focus. So here's one of those things. When you feel hopeless, you're focused in the wrong place. You must refocus your, your eyes, your thoughts, what, whatever that is that's got you focused on that stuff. And I know that is, that is super hard to do, especially when you're in the midst of something and you're like rolling down a hill. It's like, here I'm going this way. Yeah, wait a minute. I'm focused in the wrong place. I'm acting like this is a hopeless event, and it's not. You know, I was just, so you were asking earlier, had God given any of us a vision or something that we'd put on a shelf? And I don't know that I'd put it on a shelf, but it wasn't until more recently that I think I had the understanding and it was a dream. And I remember I told mom and dad about it because it was right when the election happened. And I remember going to bed and, and I think Trump was ahead, but like there's all these states that had to stop counting. And I remember just having this heaviness in my spirit and just thinking, wow, Lord. And then I dreamt that Biden won. And he told me I couldn't have done it without God. And I just thought, what sort of dream is that? How does that make sense? You know, and then the father was showing me, you know, more recently, because at that point I just started declaring, well, maybe it was just so I can declare, you know, against what the father or the enemy's wanting to do sort of a situation. But that it's like the father has allowed him to be there and all these things are happening. And yet the father is using it to bring things to light, to cause people's vision, their eyes to be opened, kind of like, when the, um, what group of people are we talking about? The Syrians, yeah. you know, they were outnumbered, but God used that to bring them into captivity. And then if you look at the rest of the scripture, it said they never bothered Israel again. Nope. I mean, the father sure. used that situation. He allowed yeah. it to happen so that they wouldn't bother Israel again. You know, the father sets things up so that his glory can be known, so that the victory will be there if we will be those who are faithful to partner. And so it's not having our eyes focused on what looks like our nation is, you know, trying to become socialist and all this other stuff that you're seeing it for how the Father is setting it up so that his glory can be revealed. Right? And the situations that we have that have happened because of the that five-letter word that I don't like to talk about. But like I think you and I were talking about how the parents are realizing what's being taught in school now because they had to be home doing school over the internet and the parents are there and they're listening to their teachers going, what are they teaching you? And it's changed. It's changed the atmosphere of schools and not just our little place. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. So many things have happened. I'm not saying everybody's handling it correctly. I'm just saying things have changed where... People are losing elections because they think parents shouldn't be in the school system. That You stay out of it. We're going to teach your kids what we think is best. No, 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 no. So this is, this is why everything that's happened, even though I don't like, I'm just telling you, and I have to keep going too bad in it, I don't like what's happened since the five-letter word. I don't, I don't like the things that have occurred 
It, it aggravates me to no end. And the stuff that's going on now keeps burdening me. Oh my gosh, how much is frozen fruit? It is ridiculous. The price, how much gas? Oh my God. You know what? I'm focused in the wrong place because it's making me feel the wrong kind of burdened. And my focus is on, oh my gosh, look at all the chariots and horses and men that are surrounding me. No, Lord, open my eyes so that I can ra-ah the situation correctly. It's like when you see something that's occurring in the natural that's not a good thing, you know, it's already, it's like a manifestation. We know it's a manifestation of something, a battle that's already occurred in the spiritual realm. Right. And it's just now manifesting. It's kind of like a time warp where we're just now getting the news, you know, just a little <laughs> later. All right. <clears throat> so you think about what we're, what we're witnessing now and the destruction of so many institutions that really as Americans, as a people worldwide, that we've placed our natural faith. I'm not denigrating that we don't have faith in the Lord. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking strictly natural. Right. That we've, that we've placed our, uh, we've relied on. Let's just say that way. We've mm-hmm. relied on, we thought they were true and good, and we're realizing they've been corrupt for a long time. We just didn't know it. And, but God is using all of that. We don't yet know how, but we know he is. Mm-hmm. He's using that in a way for us to break through into the nations that we have not yet known. And that's what excites me because even though we look and see that, oh, I thought we'd be traveling by now, be able to get back into nations. How is he going to, he's going to do it, but how's he going to do it? I don't know, but I can't wait to see it because it's going to be something that we have never thought of before. He's going to... It has to be, because we can't see our way there. Yeah, and it may or may not be us physically traveling there, Mm -hmm. you know, but he's going to open up the nations in a way that we could never have done if we continued in the way that we were going. Even though it worked in the past to a limited degree, he's expanding, and so he's going to expand the way we do things as well, and it's not going to look anything like what we did in the past. So we're driving to Brazil... Just kidding. <laughs> Just keep swimming. All right, right. All this, I mean, this is so, all this is so very true. And the three-letter agency that you're talking about, one of them, they actually have an entire night on one of the, one of the stations of shows based on the FBI. Three hours. It's one of, the po- one of the more popular shows on CBS, that, that time slot. FBI, FBI, in, International, FBI Most Wanted. Can you believe that? And we see all this stuff. We, we, they're proving the thing about the FBI. I'm not saying everybody's messed up. But that's exactly, it's exactly what you're talking about. The Lord's revealing things that people never thought would be true. There's... I talked to my mom. She would t- not tell. She would be like, "No, FBI's fine." I don't know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, I like that show. I watch that. Okay, mom. I'm not saying the show's bad or anything. I'm just saying it's three hours on a based on a group of people that currently in the natural look good on paper, but behind the scenes, and that's the things that God's going to continue to reveal to us. He He wants us, obviously. He desires for us to commune with him even more, even closer, because there's things he needs to show us. And he can't just show us. He's got to have us right there with him in this intimate, close relationship that we continue to work on. 
And I'm, I'm trying to be encouraged in that. I, I don't feel like I spend enough time. But I got to spend more time with him. I just, I have to. So let's go to the next scripture on the back. The Psalm 119, 17 through 19, where it says, Behold wondrous things. And it's very interesting. So uh, I don't know how to say this word. Gamil, I think it's how you pronounce it. Deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. That's Debar. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. So we know Psalm 118 has this breakdown and uses the letters of the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet, and they do all these things. Da, 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 da. And so Gamil is the third letter in the alphabet, not that anybody cares, of the Hebrew. And it actually has a representation of the number three. Now, if you're into that kind of thing, you can make a message out of one word using a number numerology and just have a really good time with that. Okay. Go ahead. I'm all right with that. But looking at this scripture... This is a message for us. Now, this word open is a different word. It's not the same as paka or pakak or however we said it. I don't remember. Hey, I'm not trying to say a wrong word. I'm just doing my best here. But it's the word galah, G-A-L-A-H. And it means to uncover or to reveal. And when you, when you really you know, look at the word like we always try to, um, it's usually used in reference to not only our eyes but our ears and in the way God wants to reveal himself to us. So when you see this word used, you look to see, is God showing me something about himself that I haven't seen or in the situation that I haven't seen? And when you look in the scripture, you can see how that applies perfectly with what has been written by the author of Psalm 119. Um, and I dare say that it has to directly relate to how close you are with the Lord about what he reveals. And again, we know this. We know when we first did this walk, started this walk, we knew this much about God. And here we are many years later, and we're like, wow, we know way more because why? We're spending time with the Father. Nothing can replace spending time with the Lord. In prayer, in the Word, just listening. In prayer, in the Word, just listening. There's nothing can, can make you understand and give you more knowledge than those things. You must spend time commune with the Father. And so we look at this scripture and you say, you know, you look, okay, deal bountifully with thy servant. Okay, that I may live and keep thy word. All right, that makes sense. You can look at all the words behind it and follow its yellow brick road, keep meaning shamar, you know. Look at that, that's great. Let's go to verse 16 where things are like, I mean 18, where things are even more interesting. Open thou mine eyes. So we're asking the Lord to open our eyes. And this is reveal, uncover my eyes, right? Reveal to me in my in my eyes, we've talked about the definition of eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Now, you could say that to a lot of people, and they'd be like, I don't want to know about the law, the 364, and it's all these rules, and got to have seats, seats, no, no, got to do, right, because that's what people see. When you say law, you don't, you don't think of anything except, you know, the Torah 
And actually, that's what the word law is, is Torah. So you've got all these things that you have to follow, the do's and don'ts. And how can there be anything wondrous in the do's and don'ts? There's a lot of things wondrous in the Torah. There's a lot of things that are um, great yet difficult. There's a lot of things that, that help you distinguish between Tob and Ra that are in the Torah. And I'm being specific about Torah um, because not only is it the law or the first five books of the Bible, but it's, it's also you know, a direction, directional information that God gives you when you read or when he speaks to you. It's instruction. It, it's stuff that keeps us, I'm going to say sane. It's stuff that keeps us on the straight and narrow. So yes, there's wondrous things in that. And that wondrous things is the word palah. Palah, yeah, palah. And, and it does talk about to separate, to distinguish. Wondrous is not just look at how wonderful. I mean, my eyes are just loving this sunrise, sunset. My eyes are just loving, you know, whatever it is that you really like to see a lot of. I don't know, forest, changing leaves. That's everybody's big thing right now. But um, it also means that you see something that can be great, but you see something that can be difficult. So wondrous things is, is great, awesome, but it also can be something that's difficult that you have to work your way through. It's not that God wants to throw stuff up in our face, because I, I sometimes think that still, even today. I was having a nice little discussion. I say discussion. I think I was yelling um, at God, because I didn't understand something. I, do you, you don't work this way. I know you don't work this way. I'm just walking through the house. Nobody's at the house at the time, just so you know. And I'm just going on. I mean, this just happened like four days ago. And then suddenly, understanding was there instantaneously. And I said, I knew you didn't work that way. It's like, well, why are you yelling at me? I mean, if I'm gone, I'm like, why are you yelling at me like that? You know, it can be something difficult. You have to work your way through it. Okay, so what else do we have in that scripture that was so cool? I don't know. I like, I like that. Just open now mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things. Oh, Adrian wants to talk. Please, I was just going to say, Palah, too, in my word study, it also said hidden or miraculous things. Oh, that's great. See, got to have all these word study things to help things out. That's why you're keeping me honest. I don't think I had that on my, nope, that's not part of my definition. Okay. Next scripture? Sounds good to me. What do you think, Largy? Pastor Largy. That's Pastor Largy to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, it's a difference between uh, keeping the rules and knowing the heart behind the rules. You know, uh, rules are boundaries that keep us from falling off the edge. They're like fences. But why that's there, why there is that uh, rule in the first place, is it to um, keep us bound up or is it to keep us safe? Is, you know, what is the heart of God? And knowing that is the key uh, you know, rather than looking for signs and looking for things, it is, it is knowing that he loves us and that he has his best, the best possible scenario for our uh, existence, not, even, not just for now, but for eternity. So easy to say, so hard to follow. Yeah, I think, I don't like the word rules, mostly because you can follow rules and still have a really icky attitude. 
Absolutely. And you still can have follow a really, it to the letter of the law it, and totally can. miss what you're even doing by following the rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you mentioned the heart of God, so that's the key in there. Um, but, you know, but when, when you really look at this word law, like you said, it's instruction and it's statutes. It's, it's those points of, really, they're points of power. If you'll, if you'll embrace them mm-hmm. and if, if you'll consider them, not just behold. You, you see the word behold, that's interesting. I just think about that as just a look. <laughs> but it really, when you consider them and really pay attention to them mm-hmm. and begin to embrace them, they become your points of power to continue to move forward instead of staying in one place. Right. I mean, forget falling backwards. They, if, this is the same as. If you're staying in one place, you might as well fall backwards because you are. You're, you're not moving forward, so you're not advancing in what God needs you to advance in so that you're, you can be useful for what he wants to do tomorrow. Right, and that's, that's all because God will open your eyes. He's going, to, he's going to uncover those things for you to be able to see. If you're looking, go ahead. Well, and that that word deal, that phrase deal bountifully, mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting too because come a couple of the definitions for that are to ripen mm-hmm. or to, to wean. wean. Yeah. And that talks very much about a maturity and about a moving uh, upward in, in taking responsibility and not remaining where you are. Absolutely. It goes right into the, I'm, I'm your servant. I'm, I'm your servant, Lord, and I want to live and I want to keep your debar. I want to shamar your debar. And we can't serve if we're serving out of infancy. Infants don't serve. They're, they're served. Yes. Babies are always wanting to be served, mm-hmm. which, is, which is why the, you know, the enemy has pulled that one over the church's eyes. And we were there as well for many years that, that you're here to be served by the Lord. Yep. Instead of we are here to serve the Lord. We are absolutely here to serve the Lord. And I just like the way that Psalm 119, it just kind of flows into the, how do I get mature? Oh, hey, Lord, open my eyes so I can, so I can look intently upon <laughs> what's the wonderful things that are in your, in your Torah, in your word, in your instructions. And yeah, I mean, our lives are completely different since we've begun this walk. My life's completely different since I became, became a believer and understand who Jesus Christ is. Now, as a son, my life is completely different. I definitely look at things differently. Just like Larry said, you have rules, and then there's hearts behind those rules, and that's the stuff that God continues to reveal, his heart behind why he said, do this. But his heart behind why he said, do this, and here could be a little different over here, but it's still a rule of regulation, line upon line concept, and, and that just will never go away. All right, Proverbs 20. 12 and 13. The hearing ear and the seeing eye the Lord hath made, even both of them. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. And here's one of those verses that I was looking at. Verse 13 in my my sword does not have the word not with a definition next to it. So it looks like it says love and then not sleep is one word. Where if you just look at that one word, it makes it sound like you're supposed to love sleep. Which some of us do, I understand. <laughs> but we looked in eSword. I had to borrow Kim's computer because she has eSword on her computer. And the word not is in there and it means negate, not, 
it is in there. So I'm like, that really changes things. And I, I, boo. <laughs> and so, because it made sense for it to be not sleep, but then I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. All right, so what we know when we see this scripture for sure in Proverbs, not that we don't understand that, but that there's an aspect of, of, of spirit that God created for us, a hearing ear and a seeing eye, a Shema ear and a Ra'ah eye. The Lord, Jehovah, the plans and purpose of God, is the one that made these. He fashioned these within us, both of them. I don't know, I guess the emphasis is both, even both. Got to have two, got to have two. And then in Proverbs, it goes on to say, love not sleep. And the word sleep is very interesting. It, it means what you think it means. It means sleep or to, to slack, okay? But boy, go and follow the yellow brick road. And it goes all the way back to figur- figuratively to die or to grow old. I'm not saying anybody's old in here, or to grow stale. Yeah. How many of you like stale cereal, stale chips? Right up there, love that stuff. And yet we do it. Go ahead. Mine also says festering, to be festering like of leprosy. Oh, her program, her program is really cool. I like your program. Um, I mean, that's not, I mean, we're not, we're not liking that. That's why the word not is very important. The word love is, is a, a, ba, a hab. So it's not Abba or what we understand necessarily specifically love, but it's to have affection for. I don't want to have affection for festering whatever she's saying or stale stuff or growing old. I really detest it, growing old. I'm just telling you, all you people in here that are older than me, I think you would say, yeah, I don't like it either because you can't do things like you used to do. But when it comes to being in the spirit, we can do things like we used to do. Well, you know what I mean. Go ahead. That word stale is really kind of an important word. Because, I mean, it, it's really talking about the opposite of, of something that's fresh. Right. And I don't know about you, but even in this walk, that, um, that call of staleness can be luring. You know, where it can just make you comfortable where you are. Mm-hmm. And so that you're not challenged to press out of it, yeah. to push out of it. And, and I'm talking about that in every aspect. I mean, but you, you've almost, it requires us to stay on the cutting edge in, other, in order to be fresh or else we're just waiting around for someone in Dallas to tell us what to think right. and believe too. No, no, I'm not sure what you're saying. No, and I was going to say, too, and, you know, that staleness, it goes with the festering because something that festers, it's sat too long. It's become overripe, and it's getting ready to just burst and be putrid and gross, and so... See, of course, as a medical person, you would grab hold of that one word. She likes words like putrid. She does, and festering. Because, too, you know, sleep, it talks about remaining long, you know, so you've stayed too long. You've stopped in that place, and you've Mm -hmm. not moved forward, and so... Something that was good has just become rotten. Yeah, and unfortunately, many a mighty man has fallen into that trap. And, and yeah, we're not going to have that kind of affection for any of this stuff, right? No way. We are going to, we're, we're going to move on. But remember, it says, love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. That so fits with what we're talking about. If you grow stale, then you run out of 
You run out. You run out of energy. You run out of the fresh word of God. You're worth nothing. Yeah. Because poverty is you have nothing. You got nothing. Nothing, honey. Um, and what did she say? What's removed? Your candlestick is removed. Good point. I like you. You can stay. Just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. And so right after that, it says, Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. Absolutely. Open my eyes. This word opens back to our other word, pakak, where it talks about our, you know, the senses, that the open the senses, especially of the eyes, but to be observant. So there's going to be a broadening of our senses when we when we say this prayer. I do not want to grow stale. Open my eyes so that I can be satisfied, filled to satisfaction with the food that is yours. That's yours, Father. Uh, that's what I want. That's what I need. That's what I have to have. So there we go. How are we doing? Go. Have you noticed, too, that the more that you mine and discover, the more you want to do it? Yes. And the less that you do it, the less you want to do it? <laughs> yes. It, I mean, that is absolutely true in, in the natural, too. I mean, habits, we got it. I mean, habits are, are good and they're bad. Well, we need good habits. We need good habits in the spirit. I need better habits in the natural. Okay, anyways. Well, and I don't mean it more as a habit. I mean it also as just, it's like an atmosphere that overcomes you. Mm -hmm. I mean, like when you're, when you're discovering fresh things in the Word, you're, you're like, wow, that's amazing. I wonder what else is in here. I mean, and it, and it fuels you yeah. to want to do more. It has the same effect the other way. If you fill your life with other things so that you don't have the time or the inclination to want to discover, then that becomes satisfying in itself, and you don't really want to be filled with anything of any quality. And or there substance. you are, dirt poor in the spirit, wondering, what's going on? Why can't I get anything? I don't, I don't understand it. Okay. So, Father, thank you for this group of people here and for the group of people that might be online or listening to this later. I ask, Father, that you will open their eyes so that they can see you in a greater capacity in, in the word, in events that are happening around them. Father, I also declare that they have the same capacity to pray that prayer when they're in a situation that seems hopeless, that they, they say these very words, Lord, open my eyes so that I may see. And Father, this is our desire to see you and to see only you and what's happening. Understanding what the enemy is doing, but to see you alone, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that you've given us um, this, this greater capacity of sight. And I thank you, Lord, for loving us. And we love you too, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>